Yeah, okay. <laughs> it, yeah, I appreciate one person wooting that. Thank you, Austin, for your woot. Um, can I borrow this right here? Um, my name is Stephen Poor, and I'm one of the pastors here at Common Table. And um, it's an honor to be able to share this morning on All Saints. Uh, it, it's a tough morning for many of us because it's a morning of lament. Um, but with that lament, there's also celebration. And we'll get into that in a little bit. But first, what I want to do is go ahead and send our VIPs, our young friends, out of here. If you will, follow Casey in the back. And while our young friends are leaving, can we clap for them? We love our young friends. I love hearing their laughter and their yelling during worship. There's something really, um, it makes my heart burst, to be honest with you. What I want you to do is go ahead and turn to your neighbor and do me a favor and just pass the peace. Make some lunch plans with somebody you don't know. Say hello. Introverts, it's only a few seconds. I promise extroverts, it's only a few seconds. Um, go ahead and turn to your neighbor. All right. Welcome back, everyone. Hey, listen, I love how I say welcome back, Chuck Lord, as if somebody left. It's pretty amazing. It's like, where did you go? I don't know. You went to conversation. Well, welcome back. Um, listen, if you're newer, newer to our community, we want to give you a special welcome. Do us a favor and fill out this Connect card. Uh, it takes a few seconds, but it helps us help you take next steps. The other thing that's really interesting is you may be new, and we're all kind of new to this new community called Common Table. Um, so this is a great opportunity for you to get involved, and we really want to make it easy for you to do that. We're in a new series, as you see, called If Then. And we do if-then statements all the time, especially if you're a parent of young children. Let me, all the parents, let me hear you say amen. And it's called bribery. Um, right? Like, if you do this, if you eat your food, I will give you chocolate at the end. We do this as adults, especially as politicians. We call it quid pro quo. Either way, if-then statements are utilized most often in coding and in language, all right? If the user pushes the B button, then Mario should jump. And when it comes to our relationship with God, we use if-then statements all the time, don't we? Many of you did it last night as you were waiting for Powerball numbers to come up. If I win God, then I'll give a large portion to church. At least that was what I prayed. <laughs> I can be honest with you, I will not be here if I win Powerball. I would have just called today in. I would have been like, I'm sick in Hawaii. It's up to $1.9 billion. Someone has got to win in this congregation. <laughs> it's interesting in verses 23. Can we go back to the scripture? Do you mind, Michelle, when we go back to... 23 through 32, it starts with people that provided justice. Uh, they were great names. They were, they were people that made Israel great again. <laughs> they were these heroes of the Israelite faith. They were, they were people that established Israel as a stronghold. They led their people to victory. And, and 
the author lists these faithful triumphs, that their triumphs were a result of great faith. And then the text continues to verse 35 and 38. It shows us kind of a different side of the dichotomy. That good faith isn't always triumph. But more often than not, good faith is hardship. To do what is faithful is challenging. It will lead you to cost. You'll find yourself in sorrow. You'll find yourself in sadness. And it makes us wonder, how, like, why does the church have such a hard time lamenting? Why is the church so afraid to sing songs that one day every lie will be revealed in light? When much of our faith is rooted, as the text says, and hardship, and suffering, and pain. Why are we the first people to gloss over it? When it's such a reality of our friends' lives, people who are skeptical of this faith, many of them are skeptical because we have such a hard time lamenting. But what's really interesting about lament is, is, is that it forces primarily the white church into something that is not always our own expression. <laughs> Many of us are people of privilege in this room. It's okay to acknowledge that. That's okay. It's not a bad word to say or, or a bad thing to suggest. We should be joyous of it but with great joy we must also hold lament because it opens our perspective it opens our eyes alan to a narrative that isn't necessarily our own it allows us to embody people's lives that may not be our lives and soon we're a church of empathy are you with me a church that sees the marginalized, a church that sees the oppressed, a church that sees people that are in deep sorrow and in deep pain. And we can forcefully say in a holy resounding voice, I know how you feel. Have you ever found comfort in those words? I know how you feel. And maybe it's not my experience to be institutionally marginalized. But I will advocate for you. My voice may not be silenced, but I will be an ally and I will speak up on your behalf. This is why the author has this dichotomy that's taking place in this text. Great faith leading to great triumphs, juxtaposed to great faith leading to great hardship. You see, the text recognizes that it is both celebration and it is great lament that the church is tasked to carry both. And yet most of modern worship songs these days are, Oh God, you're my God, woo, joy! Ah! 
Ring it around. <laughs> Meanwhile, our brothers and our sisters don't have access to food. <laughs> Do you know how disingenuous that is? What are we doing? None of this is in my manuscript. This is why it's important for us to practice all things. We have a lot to grieve. Many of us have lost loved ones to COVID. Many of us have lost jobs and careers. Many of us have lost dreams, hopes. It shouldn't have been this way. That's why we practice all saints. It's because it, it embodies a different narrative that is sometimes uncomfortable for many of us to rest in. Are you with me? And that's why this text is so important for us to recognize. These people of great faith and great persecution, they're, they're an enigma to a world that is hungry for self-preservation. They're an enigma to a world that wants to just celebrate and gloss over the hardship of people's lives and a world that just tells you to buy more, do more, be more. The scripture is saying, no, 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 no. Great faith is oftentimes very challenging. You will be tortured for great faith. You will experience hardship when you are an ally to an oppressed people, and you should. Church, you should. We should. Collectively. Because our neighbors are worth it. God sees them as worth it. And so, too, our hearts are softened like Pharaoh. And we release our neighbors from the slavery that we subject them to. You know what I'm talking about? This text tells us that none of these great people that were persecuted received what they were promised, but yet they received something far greater, the text tells us. Many of the Israelites would not enter into the promised land after wandering in the desert for 40 years. Many of the Israelites would not survive the Babylonian exile. Many of the Israelites would not see freedom from the Seleucide Empire despite the Maccabean Revolt. Many Israelites would be starved by Roman occupation when the temple was eventually destroyed in 70 CE. Many of the Israelites would be placed in camps in Nazi Germany and murdered at the hands of concentration camps, many of the Israelites on their last breath would see in the news signs being held in L.A. about anti-Semite rhetoric. That's what this text is saying. Faithful people will be persecuted. Many of the Israelites would not see the promise. But here's what I believe is true. Faith isn't dependent upon justice. Your great faith, you don't love God more, you don't love Jesus more if you get your way. Justice, however, is dependent upon great faith. 
if we want to see justice in this world, the church must be the people to rise up and say, enough. Enough. We see the tears of our neighbors. We see the cries of the victims of institutional slavery that continues to be perpetuated. Enough. Sorry. And here's where if-then statements come into play. If these faithful people experience great hardship, suffering, pain without reward, then we too are not alone in our suffering. And great is our reward. And we may not reap that reward. We may not see Zion. We may not enter into the promised land. We may be exiled and we may die there. But our children's children, their children will be the benefactors of our ecological responsibility. They won't see our world destroyed because of our hunger of oil. Do you see what I'm saying? We need to be people of faith because here's what the text says in 39 through 40, and I'm almost done to all the crying babies. These um, were all commended for their faith. Yet none of them received what had been promised. Verse 40, since God had planned something better for me, no, us, us. And the text continues, so that only what? Alone? Together. Together. (laughs) With who? Us would they be made perfect. The ancient Greek word here is teleos, which means to be made complete. We are made complete. The work of justice is what the text is telling us. The work of justice takes us. It takes us. It takes the saints of the past. It takes the saints of the future. And great celebration will commence the day that Zion is restored. Great celebration will happen when we can finally proclaim in RVA as it is in heaven. Not as a prayer, but as a reality for our neighbors. Are you with me? And then the author of Hebrews summarizes it with a great if-then statement. Therefore, since such a great cloud of witnesses, those lives that we've lost, the people we grieve, the laments, the cries that we carry, if that's true, if we have countless lives of saints that have gone before us, that have prepared the way for Zion but didn't get to enter, then we can have great hope. Then let us throw off everything that hinders us and the sin that so easily entangles us and let us run with perseverance. Let's acknowledge the pain and let that fuel our hunger for justice. Let's acknowledge the pain and let us, that lead us into a place of celebration and hope. It is both 
lament and great celebration that we celebrate today during All Saints. And that's good news for many of us. Many of you have experienced great loss, divorce, careers, life change. The, the list of people we will be remembering today. But I want you to, to just rest in knowing that this loss just isn't in vain. This loss isn't just loss for the sake of loss. Something holy is stirring. Something new is happening. There's a common table that we're being invited to. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's the name of our church. <laughs> Some of you, you can't imagine a life without that person you've lost. I see you. I know it's hard. I know there's a lot of sleepless nights. I know there's a lot of streets that you pass that you remember those great moments that you've had with that person. I remember the restaurants. I know what you're experiencing. But the good news is that there's such a great cloud of witnesses surrounding us with light. There are people that have gone before us that we embody their characteristics. We take on the places of, of great faith and great justice that they did. Maybe it was just simply showing up at work and contributing to the common good. Let us embody that. Let us remember that so that we can all celebrate together. Zion restored. Join me in prayer. Holy God. Holy God. We acknowledge that lament is painful. We acknowledge a church that is so afraid to embody the challenge. But God, we're encouraged by the challenge that you faced by becoming a human. By becoming less than so that we might become more than. God, by, by showing us what it means to suffer and to lament. To show us what heaven could look like. To show us what the church is invited to be and to become. But maybe even more Importantly, to proclaim through our actions. Help us to be a people that can carry both lament and celebration evenly so that your kingdom come, your will be done, and RVA as it is in heaven.